When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, Jared James Nichols here, hanging out with Jay Scott, and you are listening to The Hook Rock. It's party time, everybody. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're having a great hump day. Hump day is almost over. It's the evening. So hope you had a great hump day here. October's almost over. Rocktober is almost over. Some great stuff happening on the Hook Rocks. Great stuff happening in the music world. We had some great albums released this month. We touched, we touched them all. Basically, or the ones that uh, I've been listening to had the Warning Mayday EP, Bourbon House, Into the Red. We just also heard the new Georgia Thunderbolts, Can We Get a Witness? And then coming up in a couple of days, we've got the Plush debut album as well as Lucifer 4. And I'm sure there's plenty others that have been released, but those have been, those have been on my radar. And I am Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks. The Ultimate Rock Community Podcast, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Check out Pantheon Podcast at PantheonPodcast.com. Follow them on Twitter at Pantheon Pods and look them up on Facebook at Pantheon Podcast as well. Great community of music-related podcasts. Like I've always mentioned, check out Vinny Apice and Carmen Apice with local promoter Ron Anesti, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Mistress Carrie, the legend, Shout out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus, which will be aborting the Kiss Cruise this week. Can't wait to hear all about that. And Baco at Cobras and Fire. Got to have him back on the show. I haven't had him on in a while. So got to have him. Got to have Rock Savages back on. Chicks Who Love Music. Another great podcast. So there's a whole bunch out there. We've got some good stuff coming up. Uh, with some fellow podcasters, so uh, 
don't want to spoil that as well. But don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Hook Rocks. Look us up as well on Facebook, uh, The Hook Rocks. And follow us wherever you do podcasts, whatever platform you do use, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download for The Hook Rocks so you get all the latest and greatest Hook Rocks podcast episodes. We've had some fantastic stuff happening over the last few weeks. We just did a great episode on what's happening in the streaming world. Great informative episode with Christine Eagle. The subject of the podcast is not happy times. Uh, It's about the streaming services proposing the lowest royalty rates in history. How much more are they going to take, people? How much more are they going to take from these struggling artists, these new emerging bands, these musicians and these artists who are trying to make a living? And I don't want to hear, oh, they're making all this money. They're not. Those days are over. Unless you're a big dog or a, you know, a big fish in this game, you are not making a lot of money from streams. That's why these bands constantly tour and constantly have to be on the road to sell merch. And that's why the pandemic was a huge impact for a lot of these bands. That's why it's important to wear masks. It's important to get your vaccine. It's important to do all that stuff because if they can't tour or if there's an outbreak and they've got to cancel a show, and uh, canceling a show is a horrific thing for a new emerging band. It's devastating. Listen to all about it. Christine Eagle brings it like she always does with a lot of information And we tell you kind of what's going on with streaming services, algorithms, and vaccine mandates. And venues demanding either a negative COVID test or a vaccine card. So check that out. Let us know what you think on that. We also did a great interview with Doug Pinnock from King's X this past month, detailing his solo album, We also did a few great new music spotlights with Bourbon House, who I just mentioned has a new album, Travis McCready from Bishop Gunn, Derek Day from Classless Act, and of course, Johanna and Neek from Lucifer, which was a great episode. And also, we began the month with our quarterly album rankings with Chris Cordetti. There's no one that is more enthused about new music than Chris. He's a great contributor to the show. We do these every quarter, and we will be doing it again come the new year. We'll be ranking the fourth quarter albums, October, November, December, and the albums for 2021. That's going to be a difficult, difficult episode. So check all those out. My next guest is a return visitor to the Hook Rocks. Very happy to have him on board once again. One of my favorite guests, one of my favorite interviews was, gosh, I think it was summer of 2020 or early early summer, late spring. I'm trying to remember. It's so hard to gauge time just because of the pandemic. It's hard to like label when something's happened or you know, try to try to think about the time frame because everything just kind of runs together. But it was a great conversation. Yes, it was. was. Yes, it was. (laughs) Well, there he is. It's Mr. Donnie V, formerly of Enough's Enough, great singer songwriter. Happy to have him on again. What's going on, man? How are you? 
Um, hanging in there, doing pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm glad glad to be back. Thanks for thinking of me. Absolutely, man. I've been waiting to talk to you. I know there's a lot going on with you. You got some new music coming out. Got a lot of things going on. So I look forward to getting into it with you. All right, let's get into it then. So the new song. Hopefully, hopefully I won't lose the dog walking the dog. Like well, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you know, if that happens, if you got to hang up, I totally understand. No, there's coyotes out here. I just got to watch for other dogs. This, this fucking little tiny thing thinks it's a thinks it's a wolf. <laughs> yeah, you know what? A lot of small dogs have that. My dog, I've got a 110 pound Bernice, and he thinks he's a lap dog. Well, look at look at John Monaco. Yeah, he thought he was a wolf too. What's he like? Four foot. Five footies. <laughs> kidding. Well, I don't hey, even know why I thought of that. It was terrible. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> well, hey, man, you know, you've got the new song out, Party Time, that was released, re- recently released. It's got a cool video to go along with it, a lot of fun. <laughs> and I got to tell you, after coming out of this pandemic and still kind of worried about a lot of things as we progress forward, it's kind of cool to have a song that's about having a good time. Yeah, isn't it? That's what I thought. That's why uh, I had to wait a little bit until it was it loosened up. And feels like party time to me. You got the holidays coming up, and everybody likes to party. Yeah, right. You're getting into the uh, the winter time. You got Thanksgiving. You got Halloween this weekend, and right of course, uh, you know you got the, the the spiked eggnog during uh, during Christmas season. Right. Right. As as you create new new music and this new song that's coming out and and you know going through what everyone else went through, it's a topic on a lot of podcasts and interviews. When you were writing song, was was that really you know how did you decide that hey you know this is the route I want to go? Everybody's kind of in a in a bleak situation. Let's write about something happy. Was that the thought process behind it? Well, um, I've had like. A little, you know, some of the idea for this song for a long time. It's just that, you know, it's like if they if they don't come right away, I throw it back in the pile. You know what I mean, and get to it when when the song tells me it's uh, it's ready. And um, so it's it. I was uh, demoing the beautiful things record, and this one kind of resurfaced, and and uh, but it just didn't fit on um, on that record. It was uh, you know it was something a little different, and so. After that record and after what happened to it, it was disastrous tragedy. I uh, went around and bought all my records back from all the different labels and stuff. And, of course, the last one uh, pulled it down off Spotify and everything like that. But So I had them all, and I thought, well, all I have is the single here because, uh, of course, it costs a lot of money to make make a whole record. Especially, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, not, not be as good as, as my last record, you know what I mean? So, uh, I figured let's go with a single for now. And then I was thinking, well, I made a video and everything. I was thinking, well, you know, we put that in support of something and it was going to, it's sort of in support of the beautiful things record still, because I never got to support it, you know, and go out and play it. And so, um, there's COVID and everything. And so, uh, I figured, all right, well, now I got all my records back. We got all these videos. I got this new single. And uh, I've got like another record's worth of, of new material that's just done in my home studio, which is, uh, you know, I'm getting better at that. And I figured, you know, it's all about the music for me. And, and uh, so I'm not going to be making big production studio, 
studio records, at least at this point right now, that I can do, a, I can be more efficient and, uh, and release more stuff, you know, if I can just get my shit together on, uh, on production, you know, and then techniques and this and that, and I'm pretty unconventional, but like party time though, is we, I went, I went, uh, I originally had a version of that, that, that I was going to try to release uh, last year and it just was not party time, my friends. And, and so, uh, we got timing, timing everything with certain things. And we shot the video, the video was so great, um, that I, uh, that I retracted the song, you know, and of course I got, I got, uh, my old partner to play bass on it. I got Roger, uh, from Jellyfish to play on it. And I got, uh, the guy, Mike Dolan, that mixed my other stuff to, to mix it. And so it's, uh, it's, it sounds big league and matches up to the video now. It, you know, lives up to the video. And so, uh, figured, well, then I'm going to put all this stuff out. You know, I want to, how, you know, it takes forever to keep releasing, re-releasing records and stuff. Cause a lot of my records are, out of print or uh cost a fortune on ebay shit like that and so i wanted to get it all together and um and uh you know put it out there and with this this new video and single and i made it for such an affordable price you know that uh plus the actual drive itself looks like a laminate and if you, you get if you buy that and you're getting like six seven records worth of stuff and you're getting about 50 videos and you're getting the new stuff and you're getting also, uh, the drive itself is, uh, like a laminate and that's good for your meet and greets and your VIP and everything. When you come to my upcoming shows, that's awesome. All for a hundred, all for a hundred bucks. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that, that's great. You know, you get VIP every time you play, you've got all, you know, they get the access to all of your material and yeah, well, how did you think of that? Like, what was behind the idea of putting it on a flash drive and, and selling it like like you are? I've been wanting to. I've been thinking about and, and trying to talk people into flash drives since since wrapped on my middle finger record. I wanted, you know, I could see that that's where things were going. You know what I mean? And and you know, just I learned my lesson with enough enough to. Uh, to why be the last guys on the last train when you could be the first guys on the new train and ride more comfortably. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, the flash drive, that's technology. CDs are dead. I don't even have a CD player. You know what I mean? Most people don't. Vinyl is starting to come back, you know, and uh, going to reprint some things on vinyl. And, and the pre-sale, the stuff, pre-sales for the, for the flash drive, those guys, the first came for serve, got, got one of the old party times the old party time version on a, on a vinyl that we were getting ready to put out on Deco, but I ended up having to buy those back too. And so they got that autographed that and a 15 minute zoom call. <laughs> so that, that sold a considerable amount better than, than I had expected. And so I'm going to be doing these zoom calls for the next two years. You know what I mean? So, but it's yeah, flash drive is the way of the future. I'd like to, I would like to be uh figure out and, 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 uh, you know, figure out what's going to be next. What are they going to use next and be the first guy on that thing, you know, but I'm sure I'm, I'm too irresponsible and I won't ever figure that out. <laughs> See, I'm still, I'm still one of those guys. I love the physical copy. So I love CDs and I love the vinyl and, you know, I understand the way the trend is going, you know, CDs, everybody's got the streaming services. Everybody's got this, that, and cars are not putting CD players in, in newer vehicles now. 
So that really cramps, you know, where CD is going to go. Um, in fact, I bought a car last summer and I ended up buying a used car because I wanted a CD player. I asked the guy, I go, what's the, what's the newest model on the lot with a CD player? And how old was that? 2018. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I remember uh, the old days that, that I had to have one with a, a cassette in it because I would, I could, you know, I four track and stuff, and I, I like to go listen to the shit in my car. You know what I mean? So the cassette was, uh, cassette were, was where it's at for me. I don't see those quite yet making a comeback, but vinyl was vinyl's the way to go. That's that's what I grew up listening to, and but the days of was in vinyl. All you had was that picture of those guys on the record. You know what I mean? And uh, and if you went to a show, maybe the the rest of it is up to your imagination. And and uh, guys were became living legends that way. You know what I mean? Now with, with the overexposure that we have nowadays, you know, there's just nothing to the imagination. And everything that anybody does that doesn't jive with what somebody else thinks is all over everything. And there's no mystery. And, um, I just, you know, I, if I can't go vinyl when vinyl is, you know, enough stuff's coming out on vinyl from the Cleopatra records, you know, and, and this, and my stuff will eventually be re-released on, uh, on any format you want to get it, you know what I mean? But for now, you know, what a CD, it costs the manufacturer and, and what they cost is, you know, you'd be having to charge like 20 bucks, you know, for that. And, and this way you're able to get everything. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Everything with the videos and everything. Plus, yeah, with video too. Let's talk about big one. Yeah, let, well, let's talk about the new video. It's got the Batman theme, which I loved because I was a huge Batman fan growing up as a kid. You know, with Adam West, and it was just you know absolutely fantastic to see that. It was kind of a throwback, made me feel like a kid. And then you go into this video with the music, and it's got this you know this this whole theme to it. How did you? What was the idea? When did you? How did you create that? How did you come up with that idea? Well, uh, the guy that shot it and, and directed it and, and produced it uh, was an old friend of mine. He used to own our, you know, he used to own the limousine company that we used to take, and uh, he reached out to me right around the time that I was, was thinking about putting this, uh, putting a party time video together, and uh, and he offered said, "Hey, listen, I've got all this stuff now." He just he just shot a, ma- a movie with Michael Madsen and a few different commercials, and he's shooting some other stuff, and so. Um, he, so he offered to do that, and I went to go check out his soundstage, and he's the promotional director for uh, a place called the Claremont Collection. It's a privately owned auto museum. It's got all the these great old cars and these uh these old future, you know the sixties futuristic looking cars, bubble tops and stuff. And sitting right there in the middle was the Batmobile, you know the the old sixty six Batmobile, and uh and next to that was the was the Bat Cycle. And the, the back copter, as a matter of fact, but we didn't use that because obviously for obvious reasons. But um, I was just thinking, well, I got to get the Batmobile in the video, and and so I was just trying to think how we can. Before you know it, I was, uh, you know, every kid want, wants to play, play be a super, superhero at some time. I figured, well, I'm not a superhero, but uh, and I'm, I'm surely uh, a, a Batman that no one's ever seen. <laughs> you know, so. It's uh, it's like Bat- if Batman was a was a stoner and a party animal. It's just, that's uh, with the videos. It's hilarious. 
Yeah, it's it's really entertaining. I I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it brought me back to being a kid, and you know, just the whole concept of it. Plus, the song is a great song. So yeah, man, it's it's quite refreshing to kind of see stuff like that where you know, everybody's really serious these days, and you know, it's it's nice to just you know have uh, have something to to enjoy and laugh at and have a good time. Yeah, I figured I I, I stopped. I had to stop taking taking myself so seriously as I got older and as, as you know, I've, I've gone through uh, phases of like, you know, drugged out, not drugged out, drunk, not drunk, all this and that. And so uh, when I got it all together, you know, it's, um, it's a lot easier for me and it's, and we had a lot of fun with it. Like I said, I don't really take myself serious anymore. I just, uh, let's get out there and, and make it funny, you know, and it's not your typical, uh, a video like you know a lot of bands are making these days it's want to put some storyboard and give it some bang for the buck and uh, everybody that's seen it's really entertained and it turns out the day i released it the next day it came out came out the trailers for the new batman movie so there's a happy accident there you know might get some some hashtag accidents <laughs> good timing that's that's called impeccable timing it's impeccable. I, I'm going to look that up. It better mean something nice. It means right on time. It means <laughs> I like. Know it means. I know what it means. Well, as far as the new music goes, I mean, the last time we talked, you know, you had just released a new single and, you know, we, we were talking about the future and we were talking about things and you didn't really know where Enough's Enough was going to land. And I know, you know, Chip is in the new video. How did that come about? I mean, there has been, you know, some a little bit of a roller coaster ride in terms of the, the relationship. And where is that right now? And, and did the video or making the video help heal some things? I had thought it had like we just done that Cleopatra deal, right? So he had to he had to uh, eventually uh, deal with me, you know, and, and have communication with me. And so at that time. I was, I felt a little more hopeful of, of, uh, you know, participating a little bit more with him and, and enough's enough and stuff. But, um, you know, he, cause he went out and bought the trademark and stole all that from out from underneath me, you know, I was in rehabs and stuff. And I've had a pretty uh, hard time dealing with that for all these years. And then, uh, you know, COVID hit and stuff, but I've, I looked at it as always a, like a sign, you know, that this, this deal with deal happened and, and we're talking and but then it occurred to me that it was, the, I was the only one making the effort. You know what I mean? He, uh, my bass player for the video came down with lymphoma, so he couldn't make it. And, and I'm, you know, in a, in a pinch, I'm thinking, well, the only bass player I know personally is, uh, was him. And, you know, I figured the least he could do is, is uh, you know, pop into the video for, cause you know, of course I'm going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of my fans are, are enough enough fans, you know what I mean? And so I figured they'd get a kick out of it. And, and, uh, he played bass on the actual track too. And, and to that capacity, I you know, if I'm, if I'm in control and the boss and everything, that relation working relationship was just fine. <laughs> but, uh, I went and I went and got, got the trademark and copyright and everything for, for the rest of the world that he had forgotten about. And I went to have dinner with him and ask him, uh, you know, proposed to him that I, you know, sing for the band, but, but do just some well-promoted shows that are sensible, 
you know, where it lived to the reputation or the former reputation of the band and integrity. And, um, and I thought it was a smart, cause you know, that was, that was my whole life. I wrote all those songs and sang those, you know, since I was a kid. And, um, you know, and I've never done any of that, like really clear headed and stuff. And so I was, you know, throwing that at him and he didn't want any part of that. And, uh, he, he basically said he's doing this for, I said, well, what about the fans? What do you think they want? You think they want to hear you sing or you, they want me saying, he goes, I'm doing this for me now. And, uh, he's an older man. He likes, he likes to get in the van or a bus with three different bands and, and go open up for talk rock shows for, you know, for, for uh, less than a grand a night or something. And so that's not where my head's at. And I'm, I'm not about to do that. It's too unhealthy and, and demoralizing for me, you know, to, uh, especially after I personally feel that, uh, the name has been, been a bit devalued in the last the last five or six years it's that's just my personal opinion and um and then uh, to boot we released a couple of albums under that same name you know what i mean it's like that's not enough to know enough enough is, is my voice and my songwriting you know but that's he, we 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 spent a lot of time together we, we gave it a good shot and uh you know my my focus is um is moving forward and with what i'm doing now and um, it's the same thing I did there. Only I'm able to paint the paint the, the entire vision how I see it, and I'm happy with that. And I just thought it would be cool that I could touch base with uh, with you know that that stuff too, and see see all my fans and friends, you know, and it's something that would be easy. I could just slide in there, and and uh, he he just figured that if I did any shows, it would ruin his thing, which is which is probably right. But um, so he's off doing that. I just, there's enough people that are starting to learn that I'm not going to be there. And, uh, and you know, whatever's happening there is happening there. And I can't do anything about it. But my own show that I'm putting together, it's going to be like a three-hour show. You know, come out with new stuff and then a middle break with piano and acoustic guitar. And then then end with, uh, with a whole Zen upset. You know, my favorite Zen up songs. And I figure that's cool. And, and so the answer to my your question is... <clears throat> It's a roller coaster ride. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah, what would you call it? Down or going up? That seems like it's uh, seems well, like it's in one of those loop to loop things. And and I'm never going to say never. Um, it's just it's not by my choice that I that I'm not uh, doing something to that capacity. But there's no really you know you know if that's the way it is. And you know I've I've outgrown him and. And I keep evolving and, and I, I don't think I'm lacking anything here and it's a lot easier. And, you know, I mean, uh, I get to shake off some of the, the shit off my shoes from that whole thing. You know what I mean? Well, you, you, you asked if, you know, is it up? Is it down? I think that's kind of a, a loaded question because I think there's a lot of moving parts. The number one most important thing is you, is you being happy and you, you know, not being stressed or, you know, worried about things because you've got to take care of yourself. Like you said, you know, you, you were messed up for a while and now you're, you know, on the right path and you're doing great things and you've got a clear head and you've got control of, of your vision and what you want to do. You know, maybe going back into that situation might bring back that, that toxic environment that existed between you guys for a long time it might be a blessing in disguise that, hey, you know, he doesn't want to do it. So, 
you know what? You're going to do your thing. You are the voice of the band. You are the face of the band. And if I want to hear songs by Enough's Enough, I'm going to go hear them, you know, sung by Donnie V. Well, of course, yeah, I'm the guy. That's what you want to hear is the guy. You know, see that? I mean, just stepping on stepping on stage alive, I would win. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> nobody ever thought that uh, I'd be heard talking to you now at, at close to sixty years old. But um, yeah, it just it just is what it is, and and um, I'm not letting it get to me and bother me anymore. And I'm also toying with the idea. I just talked to a booking agent today, and and uh, we're toying with the idea of putting together like a like an all-star cast and going out in Europe and stuff and, and uh, doing a short run of, of my enough enough, you know, but well promoted. And, and like I said, all-star cast, I'm not going to tell you I have a mind, but um, you know, to bring some bodies in there and put some bodies back in. And if people know, if people know about it, that I'm coming there, that's what we're going to do. I'm sure they'll, they'll all turn up, you know, I would have preferred to, uh, to done it with him. But that's the only thing left of enough to enough is just me and him. You know what I mean? But he definitely wasn't a singer. And, and now it's just him, the bass player with uh, three guys nobody knows or gives a shit about. You know what I mean? And uh, and he was like factoring in what the, what their opinions and their point of view would be about me doing shows. He's like, the guys aren't going to go for it. I'm like, gives a fuck about those guys. Who cares about those guys? They're not on one record. At least the real enough to enough records, you know? And so... It just is what it is, and I know I tried, and I know I did my best, uh, gave my best attempt, and now I can, um, I, I've got closure on it. You know what I mean? I, I can know that I did everything that I could, and, uh, you know, I suffer pretty bad anxiety, so I don't need that flaring up, and, and uh, you know, with his vision of, of, you know, riding around and opening up for cock rock bands, that's that's demoralizing and unhealthy for me. And, you know, and of course those demons will be there if I'm in, if I'm in a down in the gutter, you know what I mean? And it just is what it is. I'm now I don't feel like I have any danger of, of returning to any of that shit. I was just, you know, sick and tired. I was, I was frustrated and had a lot of anxiety and things weren't, didn't ever go like I would, what would have preferred for things to go, but it is what it is. And, and now I'm doing uh, what I, always envisioned myself doing from even before I was in enough enough, you know? Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. You, you know, obviously you'd love to be in a right situation and rejoin enough's enough, but you know, if it's going to cause you anxiety and stress and all that stuff, right. you know, I mean, do, I mean what, you know, what, what's enough enough though, you know, just that's just him. I mean, to be enough enough is basically the same thing, only uh, 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 not as good of a bass player. You know, he is a, He's the, the rooster on the cornflake box, so you can't take that away from him. And he sure does know how to play the game, you know, which is something I never did well or had really any interest in. I just assumed that was his job. He covered that, and I took care of the creative. And, um, you know, we meet in the middle and stuff, but apparently he wanted it all. <laughs> well, that's what was my next question. Do you think it's more about money, you know, where if you come back in the band, he's got to split everything with you? you know, where he's paying the guys in the band probably a flat rate per show. Yeah. I mean, he, you got, he's got to pay you now, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but, but what he's doing now, yeah, he'd have to pay me, but, but, uh, you know, I'd probably get a hundred bucks a show for what he's doing, you know, after expenses and everything. And, 
And uh, what I was saying was if they're well promoted, like I did one rock show in the last seven years and people couldn't get in. It was well promoted and people were there and uh, couldn't even get in, you know. And so that I made it. I made a killing on that. And then I was booking more and then the COVID hit and it all just got uh, they had to refund money to fans stuff because the pre-sales were doing well. And it's all about the promotion. If you do the promotion and you do it right. And uh, you do it with integrity and um, some value. You know, I mean, I, I less shows for way more money and less heartache and less demoralization. You know what I mean? Is that was my uh, that's my thoughts and ideas. So I'll be doing that, and he'll be doing that <laughs> for as long as that goes on. You know. Well, I told you that's, the just, la- that's not my fault over there. What's going on? Well, I told you the last time you know, that you were on is, you know, I, I've always thought your songwriting was, was fantastic. And you wrote those songs for that band. And, yeah. you, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about for you is, have you ever thought of pursuing writing music for other people or have you, and maybe people just don't know? Well, like I said, uh, I am, I don't know how to play the game. I don't know how to network. I'm just, I don't have any business sense and just that part of my brain doesn't work like his does. Um, I, I prefer to love him. I hate hating him and I love loving him. So it's easier this way, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I got the machine that makes it all. So doing it over here, you know, it's just a slightly different name, but you know, it's all, it all still comes with me. You can't, you can't shake enough to enough from, from what I do, but I, I just, you know, I have have respect for, uh, you know, he always w- wanted that job. He always wanted to be in, in the spotlight, and, and I thought he was. You know, I, I thought he is. He, I would have been happy with that. And But when you when you start showing your weaknesses, you know, you're uh, not showing your strengths. You know, you're, you're – and uh, like I said, it's like he wants to do that. He wants to sing. He wants to write the songs. And, you know, unfortunately, he – won't can't do it won't do it on his own merit you know what i mean just go out there and be chips enough you know what i mean chips enough band or something like i'm doing you know but uh but he's uh you know he needs that he needs that name brand to capitalize on and i'm not here slamming him i just tell the story you know what i mean if somebody doesn't like what i say then then they shouldn't have done things you know what i mean but i was a punching bag for a long time i was uh the, the fall guy and the target for for everything bad, you know, as well, he was everything good, you know, and, uh, still to this day, you know, I mean, I, but I just tell it like it is. And I, everything I do is, is 100% genuine and authentic, whether I was getting fucked up or not fucked up or whatever, you know, it was always, it was always authentic. It was always, always true, you know, and, and the fans were always been my, uh, my target. And that's what I care about is these fans and what they like and what they want to see and, you know what I mean? And, and I love them. They're, they're so good to me. And so I'm going to continue to deliver, never let them down. I would be interested in writing for writing for other artists. And, um, you know, some of them it's been brought to my uh, attention that, that sometimes the, my voice is in, as important to the song as, as, uh, as the song itself. And, but there's other things. I write a lot of, a lot of, uh, catchy hooky stuff, you know, it's just a, you just can't get the exposure uh, that you, that I need. And just like with collaborating, I would love to collaborate with, with some great artists that, that can 
contribute something to what I'm doing and not just, uh, just collaborate with somebody just to, just to do, be doing something with somebody. That's, that's just not, not my, uh, my goal or dreams. You know what I mean? I just want to make good music and affect lives like those, like the music that I listen to affects me. Cause I think of that song, all my favorite things, which was released last year. I, I, I think that's one of the best songs written in the last 10 years. And you know, for me being in my mid forties, I really connected with it and I must've played it probably 30, 40 times, like over and over again. Well, you're the guy. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I'm that guy. But, uh, but no, it was such a fantastic song. And I I told you this last time I was like, man, like I, I put it on and and it just, boom, it was like, it reached out from the computer screen and grabbed me and I just couldn't stop listening to it. Yeah, it's, it's true. And it's real. You know what I mean? And that's a song I, I think another artist could cover and do, and do well with it if, if there's an artist that was doing well. And but that was, uh, that poor song, just, you know, that's another reason why not with that label anymore. That poor song is if it never existed. And, um, you know, but it's on, it's on the flash now. And, uh, I was, yeah, that song meant a lot to me because, uh, because I almost died in the, in the hospital not too long ago. And when I got out, it was all about broccoli and berries and, and, uh, boiled chicken and stuff like that after my, pancreas melted and i got about three weeks i was in the hospital for over a month not a bite of food not a drink of water nothing i i found a lifesaver on the floor nobody's seen it i scooped it up with my foot and, and man that was a good lifesaver you know but uh but i got out and and i couldn't hang with that and i'm like you know um i'd rather go go down swinging than you know than have to give up all the things that I still have left that I enjoy in life, you know what I mean? And so that's what all my favorite things is about, you know? And, and, but like I said, it's, uh, it's almost was non-existent. So a lot of them have been a lot of my records. It's like they never existed. And so now they do. Yeah. I, I, you know, when, when I heard that song, that's when I immediately thought like, wow, this guy has gone through so much and have him come back and release a song like this, that, really connects with myself and I'm sure a lot of other people, you know, it proved to me that you still had it, right? I mean, I think that was like the big question with all that you've been through is, can he still do it? Can he still, you know, do it with a clear head? And and you've proven, and especially also with the new song, Party Time and the creativity with the video and how that was all laid out. I mean, yeah, it's, it is great to see you be consistent and, and continue to do this over the last few years and keep building it. I mean, you know, I think of I think of Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, right? He left Cinderella, he started a solo career, and he's just been building it, building it and building it. And, you know, he doesn't do any Cinderella shows. He just focuses on his solo stuff. And it's taken him a bit for him to to get people to kind of get back and just want to see him instead of Cinderella. And I look at you kind of very similar to that, that you know, if you keep building it, I, I don't see any reason with the quality of your music and your and your songs to be you know on that level as like a Tom Kiefer. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I uh, even in any state I was ever in, from the beginning till till up till this day, I've uh, I've always delivered as far as uh, the songs and the records and and singing them and uh, you know even shows. I, I've always delivered and. The only ones who had to suffer for my uh, 
for my, you know, applause was basically me, you know, and, and, and maybe some people around me who aren't, aren't satisfied with, with what they, uh, were trying to get from me. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, Tom Kiefer, what a great talent. I always thought he was. If, there's one difference between he and I, though, is uh, I still sound like me. You know what I mean? Like all my old stuff, I still got the same same voice. If You know, it's, you know, slightly uh, a little rustier, but, you know, I still smoke cigarettes. But his the thing that he did, I wouldn't, I was a big Cinderella fan. I wouldn't, if I heard that with nobody telling me what it is, I wouldn't hear that. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't think in a million years that that's him, you know? And so that's, uh, but he's a great talent and I have so much respect for him. He's a hard worker. That's, that's a, the key. I'm, I'm uh, pretty irresponsible still when it comes to business and things, but if I'm put in the position where, uh, here's what you're supposed to do, go do it. I'm, I'm, I can, you know, I come through and do my job, especially now even better, you know what I mean? But, but, um, yeah, that's where, that's where my head's at, but, you know, I don't want to lose, lose what, what I am and what I do. I just, uh, you know, letting the songs tell me what they want to be and, and following the vision. And, you know, and I still sound like me. How, what is it like to have someone like Howard Stern continue to be in your corner and continue to rave about your talent and tell people, you know, who you are and, not you know, and, and how talented you are, because that's a pretty big thing. And for him to do that, you know, not just recently, because I know he has recently done it, but he's always been in enough's enough's corner, in your corner, and telling people of how great you are as a musician, as a songwriter. Yeah, well, the, of course that's very flattering, and of course it's uh, it's, it's a lot of exposure there for that. You know, um, his, his format has changed, and so he's not really able to to do what we, what he used to do with us before, you know, he's, and that's what Gary would always tell me. And I was like, Hey man, I, can't, I was bugging them for a while. Come on, get me on there or something. You know, Howard's been playing me. And, uh, they said, you know, before, but they did throw me a bone with, uh, that thing, a clock thing. I, I came through and put a chorus to it. And, and, um, and you know, I made sure I took care of them and they were happy. And so I hope he continues to do that and continues to, you know, appreciate what I do, you know, cause Howard is an old friend. I, I was friends with him too, at, at, up to a point. And, you know, he's, he's fans of the biggest and the best rubbing elbows with, you know, Paul McCartney and stuff like that. And for him to give me the compliments and say the things he does about me is, uh, is such a, such a compliment and is, is exactly why I got in this and why I, why I want aspired to do what I do. It's all, it's about, uh, I've succeeded at trying to affect other people. Like, like the stuff I grew up listening to affected me. And it's like, I, you know, the fans always see, but, um, you know, with somebody like Howard, that's more exposure, but every, uh, every fan, you know, they've let me know all the time that, you know, some say that I've even saved their life with songs and stuff, which is, how do you put a price tag on something like that? So they're all just important as important to me that just gets a little more exposure. And, but you know, every fan is, is that has, has those kind of compliments. is just as important to me as Howard. Yeah. I just thought that was, you know, cause he is, 
very genuine too when he gives praise. He doesn't right. just he doesn't just throw it around just because he has to. Like you know, when he says those things about you and how you no one emulates John Lennon like you do in terms of talent, in terms of your style. And for him to say that and you know, still be in your corner after all you've been through, it'd be easy for a guy like Howard to just kind of move on and and forget about those things. But he doesn't, and that says a lot about him too. Yeah, well, he's he knows what he's talking about. He's good. He's got good taste in music, and um, you know, he probably could have done something more with that thing. A classic after I was finished it with it, he had a good power pop song. You know what I mean? But um, you know, I signed something, so I can't really uh, re- do anything with it or release it or anything. But uh, but they play it, and it's on their website, stuff like that. And um, you know, and that's what I agreed to do. But uh, yeah, Howard is you know that's that's a huge compliment, and I'm very. Very proud of myself. I'm very, very appreciative and grateful to him. As far as touring goes, you know, with the new music coming on, you've mentioned, you know, your plans to do three hours and have a piano and an acoustic set. When does that begin for you? When is that going to start? Well, like I said, I was talking to a booking agent today. So we're, you know, it's like, this is what I mean about uh, promotion, uh, you know, the ample time for promotion and stuff. I mean, I just put out the video. I'm just, people are, when people are getting reacquainted with what I do, at least in my solo stuff. And, um, you know, so that's gonna, it's gonna take a little, let it do its thing and it'll take a little bit of time. And plus, you know, a lot of things still aren't opened up yet. And, um, you know, I don't, I want to make sure that everybody's safe and that I'm safe and, and we can all have a good time. And, uh, I, meanwhile, I could do some live streams and stuff like that. But like, if I want to do some shows, Play, start playing good shows. I want them to be good shows, and um, and we probably start promoting, you know, real soon for those. You know what I mean? So I could get to them by uh, spring or next summer. Yeah, that'd be great to see you on stage again. I mean, I know you did some shows in 2020 in the summer. I think you played at Fitzgerald's, which you've you know you guys have played there for years. What's that like for you? Hold on a second. Okay. Like I said, what the dog does with the other dog. Hey, hey. Hey, I told you you stop it. You're gonna be, now. He's, now you get to walk like he's got no feet on the ground now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to get back there. This this Fitzgerald show is like that's the first only rock show I've done in seven years, and um, you know it did, it did really really well. And I was, hey, quiet. And I was really happy with that, and it was encouraging. Come here, come here. I'm so sorry about no that. No worries. But uh, I mean, what other guys do interviews with you? With a little dog. The only other one, the only other one was Glenn Hughes and his dog was yapping for like 20 minutes. I'm in good company then, but I did a couple other storyteller things and they did really, really well. It's all, you know, it's like there's promotion and if I'm doing something that I think, you know, the fans, they, they love it and they come on out and that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, make a few bucks at the same time, you know, but nothing's all opened up yet, you know, and when it does, then I'll, uh, I, but I, until then, I'll do what, what, what I can do. And it's just fun to do it right. When we last talked to you, you expressed concern about, you know, your sobriety and touring. Is it also important to surround yourself with good people when you do do this? Well, through that program that I was in, I learned to, uh, it broke it down and made my world real small as where my world was uh, a whole world 
wide open and, and all of the elements and everything that, you know, cause I, I basically, um, wasn't so, so aware of this back then, but it was, it was my, my, I have horrible anxiety disorder. And, uh, to the point of where I literally can't speak and my eyes are bulging on my head. And the other day I actually blacked out for a second. And so I medicated a lot back then, a lot of drinking and drugs and stuff. And that, so that sort of taken, took a life of its own. But I, I learned to make my world smaller. I'm just surrounded in my immediate circle with uh, very good people and people that love me and people that I love. And, you know, uh, and keeping it, keeping that that way, keeping, you know, my, my personal life is more, uh, is more personal. It's mine now, you know what I mean? And so, but um, yeah, as you get into a situation where it's brought, you know, where it's bringing me down, to the point of uh, like I used to feel like depressed and lonely and frustrated and stuff. Of course, it was it was uh, do that stuff or kill myself. You know what I mean? So I chose uh, I chose uh, the latter and or the former. And um, and I know that people are are happy that I did that. I'm happy I did that because you always you never know and you know that what lies down the road. And if you do something like that, uh, there is nothing down the road. You know what I mean? And and uh, you know, I, plus I, I, you know, I almost drown, I did drown once and I had a afterlife experience, which was, was all I needed was a peak to see that it was there. And it was, and that's, and that just lets me know that this is, this is all just, uh, like a required course. And, and a lot of it is for the most part, pretty irrelevant. You know what I mean? So it's all about being connected and, um, you know, like it's connection when there's bro- broken links in the chain. Now there's, you know, it's, it's come here. Come here. I'm so sorry. And, um, you know, that's just the way I like, I need to keep it. And, and, uh, and just, you know, I'm a conduit for something greater than, than ourselves that, that has in mind and, and gives me the ideas and stuff. And so I have to, uh, I have to stop fucking up the plan, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, do my job, do what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, it's very rewarding that way. See, I think, like we talked about, I think your path is to put the past behind you, including Enough's Enough and Chip, and, and do your thing, man. Your, your music, to me, still speaks to people, right? And that's, that's hard to do when you've been in this business for a long time. You guys, I mean, you know, I grew up in Chicago. I remember you guys coming up through the scene, and you know, I've seen you guys at small clubs, Thirsty Whale, all that stuff, and... You know, to see you still make songs like you're making, you know, especially over the last few years, you know, I think the future is yours in terms of where you want to go and what you want to do because your songs are are still creating impact and still connecting with people. I'm still getting lucky. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I don't know. I can't, if I do say so myself, I'm not, I don't, not aware of many, many great artists that up until their 25th record and that are still uh, topping their last stuff, you know what I mean? And keep evolving. And uh, like, I don't know where I'll evolve to from here, but um, I'm sure it will be somewhere. And, and, you know, like you said, collaborations or other things like that. And I'd like to get party time in a commercial or something like, I think it would be great for that. And, um, you know, that's one of my, one of my goals. Also, I'm going to make a version of it called potty time for little kids. <laughs> I think that, that would that would do something too, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of possibilities for it. And there's a lot of possibilities for the future if I'm ready, 
you know, if I'm ready when, you know, when, when, uh, opportunity means meets, you know, pro, what, are, what is it? When preparation meets opportunity, that's where you get success. And, but as far as I'm concerned, I, I was successful a long time ago as far as what, what my goals were to do. But I think my behavior and everything was really appropriate for that band. <laughs> Well, it was also appropriate for the times too. You know, I mean, people forget about those moments in the late eighties and early nineties and what things were like and, and how things were. It was and, a good time. It was yeah, a good time. good time. It was, it was a very good time. And, you know, as you've, you come to another level. Then, you've, then a good time became a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, that's a, that's a good title for a song. When a good time there you becomes, go. You're, becomes a bad thing. There you it's go. All yours no, you man, you, you take that, you take that and run with it. You, <laughs> you've got that. When, when a good time becomes a bad thing, there you go. You got it right there. You got the t- it's not really the how I write. I really don't write that way where I come up with something first, a title or, or, uh, I usually am filling that in after, uh, sometimes, sometimes the, the lyric, um, you know, the vowels and syllables will come to me, you know, certain parts, but, uh, but I just, you know, I'm, I'm no poet. I think I've gotten better at lyrics. Uh, you know, there was, I was the only one that could write lyrics. So I did all that and I've gotten, you know, I think I've gotten better at it. I still could be better. And, you know, maybe I will, maybe I will be able to just take a title or something and, and write a song, but it's just, that's just not the way it works for me. I don't, I can't just sit down to write. All right, we're going to, we're going to write a song today. You know, that's just not how it works. It's, the songs let me know when it's time, you know, then I got to get to work. And, uh, that is a good title. When you think about how you create and where you're at now, what's the biggest difference? I mean, outside, you know, you're, you have a clearer head, but in terms of, you know, as, as you've moved on in your life and you, you're the age that you are, what do you see differently that you are in terms of being creative? Well, being creative, nothing it's the same thing as it's always been you know i just get uh i just get better more experienced and more knowledge and i've done it more than anybody that you know the more you do something the better you get at it and but uh the creative is is the exact same process that it's always been that hasn't changed and i've just uh, i mean sometimes uh being a substance and this and that has has uh you know it's benefited my, my creativity and writing and stuff. And maybe not the subject matter, you know, but a lot of people came, became big fans because, because what, you know, what I was singing about was true and it was dark and there's a lot of that out there. And I'm just feeling around in the dark for lost souls and trying to, trying to pull them in, you know, but start, you know, it originated with me, you know, trying to advise myself, you know, give myself some encouragement and advice, but you know, for a long time, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't going to happen. But the creative is exactly the same as it's always been, except now I can, uh, now I have the phone recorder so I can record the ideas and I don't forget them. And, uh, and I also have a, a easier time with the lyrics and remembering what the fuck I did and remembering the guitar part that I just worked out <laughs> and then, then go to record it and I forget it. So it's easier. Everything's easier. Um, but the creative process is exactly the same. As far as creating, are there certain situations that you find yourself getting that juice, getting that creative flow going? Is there certain moments that are better for you to, you know, open yourself up and, and be creative? Um, 
I'll just say they come when they come. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. You know, I could be driving, I could be uh, mowing the lawn, I could be doing this, doing that. You know, usually uh, um, it just depends, like, the mode. I'm When I have the anxiety and it's really bad, I, I, I'm worth a shit. I can't create anything. And, uh, and the other emotions, though, if I'm, you know, you get uh, bi- I'm bipolar, too, you know, bipolar manic depressant. So the, that's a goldmine for writing, you know what I mean? Or that and a really fucked up girlfriend. Those are great for, that's a, those are gold mines for writing songs, you know what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, this is a more or less, uh, on an upswing of bipolar is, is a good time for me. And, uh, but basically like with beautiful things, what happened was I hadn't written a song or sang a note or played a guitar in, in like two and a half, three years when I went through that program and everything. And when I was cleaned up and ready to go, I had a little place out there. I was like, I have nothing. I was like looking up and looking out there. I was like, are we still going to do this? Is, is this going to happen again? And, and the next day, uh, the beautiful things were, I, mean, I could save the world came to me. And the next day after that, breaking me down and, and blah, 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 one after another. And so that was, that's a big answer to, uh, to my questions. And it let, it's just another thing that, that confirms uh, what's actually going on in the grand design grand scheme of things and uh everything's energy and um you know it's the process is the process and when they come to me they come no matter what i'm doing so you're saying if it came to me me right in this interview i'd have to hang up and record that idea and call you back (laughs) so so basically what you're saying that if you can't you know if you if you're not being creative enough you go online do some online dating meet someone really crazy and boom you got a song um, if you, if you, uh, is that, you, know, you, is need it, you, need, you need an actual girlfriend <laughs> or a wife or something like that. Who's, who's bringing you up and bringing you terribly down. You know what I mean? And fucking around and, you know, just demoralizing you and everything like that. And that's where, cause uh, creativity and art is expression and emotion and, uh, you know, uh, depression or heartbreak or this and that is, is a huge emotion. You know what I mean? Jealousy. Uh, anger, um, being in love, you know, crazy in love, you know, it's just, uh, it gets trickier because I haven't been any of those things in the last, you know, five, six years. And, um, so getting lyrics and stuff like that, inspiration for that has, has become trickier, you know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to be more positive and find something more universally, uh, adaptable with more appeal to more people uh, get more exposure so I can uh, affect more lives. <laughs> Maybe well, even make a buck or so, but yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say you go Tinder and you're going to meet, uh, <laughs> you're going to write a song after Tinder unless it's about, you know, unless it's about uh, butterface love or, you know, bobbing for apples in the hair pie or <laughs> something <laughs> like that. But no, it's usually emotion, things that affected you deeply, uh, whether it's up or down or whatever, but. Now I'm curious to try to see how I think I would be uh, capable of of sitting down to write a song if I was working with another artist, a good artist, you know, who had an idea to begin with, and then I just do my thing to it, and you know, that's just the way that's the way I, I create now. It starts with an idea, so if they had an idea, it would be a challenge. It would be fun, you know. Has that ever, you know, in your career, have you ever had someone like that that challenged to bring stuff out and? It was it was a good synergy between 
between you know you and another artist? No. I tell you, man, the, your music. Simple answer, right there. No. Yeah, yeah. I I think with you collaborating as you know, obviously your solo career and new music, but I think you write wonderful songs. You always have. And, you know, when you think of collaborating with people, I could totally see you writing with other people and, and writing music and being successful at it because, you know, you, I think you really understand the thing about that. I, I, I feel about you is you understand melody, you understand tone and you understand simplicity and you, you can write a good, you know, a good goddamn hook too. Well, that's the key, you know, I mean, from my influences was a, you know, was a great education in all of the above, you know. I mean, just if, if you, if you uh, you know, indulge yourself into the Beatles, you learn about melody, you learn about vocal inflections, you know, vocal styles, harmonies, orchestration. Uh, I mean, they covered it all in, in that short amount of years. You know what I mean? Um, I don't even know where they could have gone after that. But uh, that was just the planets aligning and God singing through four guys. You know what I mean? But um, you can get a whole education from them guys. And then I started adding Motown and soul, that, that stuff. And uh, got a lot of, uh, got a lot of that stuff in there. And especially in my vocals. And, um, you know, then brought in later on came like Led Zeppelin and shit like that. And uh, Aerosmith and the heavier stuff, ACDC. And I incorporated that, you know, but um, I just, I just do what I do, man. And, uh, but uh, yeah, this is a really good education. I would I would uh, advise any new artist or young artist start off with like the Beatles or at least something that that really really speaks to you, you know, and uh, that makes it easier for you to to understand or to to have the desire to understand what's uh, what's going on, what you're trying to do there. You know, don't don't do it to try to make money and try to be famous or any of this because. Uh, nine times out of ten, more than that, it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Um, just you know, and just don't think past tomorrow. Past tomorrow, you know what I mean. Except for, of course, booking shows and stuff. But just live in the moment and and do what your heart tells you to do. And and most of all, follow the song. Let the song tell you what it wants to be. I was having a conversation with my teenage son. He's sixteen. He plays guitar, and when he was first starting to play. He was listening to a lot of hard rock, and I told him, with someone your age, your goal should be to listen to as much different types of music as possible. Because Yeah, but listen to good music. Yeah, too, yeah, though, absolutely. And, and start, start with that other stuff. Yeah, and I, and he, you know, I said, because if you want to sound like you, right, you listen to blues, you listen to you know, stuff from the 60s and 70s and until now and new music. That's how you develop your own sound. If you're just listening to a handful of acts, you're going to sound like that. That's all. That's what you're going to sound like. You're going to sound like a clone of what you're listening to. So like a week later, I go in his room and he's got my, you know, John Lee Hooker CD. He's got my, you know, Howlin' Wolf CD. He's got my Stones. He's got all this type of stuff. And I'm like, that's what you want to do, man. Just... You know, just listen to it and just you can pull from a variety of different styles and create your own tone, create your own sound. Yeah, that's see, like in the old days, 60s, 70s, even going into the 80s, you had radio and you had DJs and you had and you had record execs that these labels. They started these labels for passion of music and uh, they're passionate about it. And it was 
you know, and there was artists and they let the artists, uh, you know, a DJ would play something, you know, that, and that liked it and they would, they would, uh, turn everybody else onto it. And so then, uh, you'd have a, you know, then you'd have a band that's, that's, uh, up in, you know, that's getting successful and, and there's a lot of exposure and people are hearing that. And there's your, your next generation of artists or players and, and that are listening to that stuff and they're influenced by that. And then they take it to the next step and evolve it, you know, and then, then, and so on and so on. The next one's evolved that, you know, but you reach a point where as far as I'm concerned, uh, there was, uh, really a big disconnection in where you could evolve for a big, big period of time. I'm not going to knock any periods of time, but it's just, uh, then it kind of became everybody doing exactly what the other guy was doing. And, you know, of course rap came in and all that stuff and hip hop. But a lot of times now it's, uh, it's like a, a machine manufactured. There's a handful of people writing all the songs. There's, you know, like what's selling, let's get more of that, more of that, more of that. And, you know, these aren't, these aren't, uh, you're never going to have Led Zeppelin or Aerosmith or Beatles or the Stones or anything like that again, because, because those influences, unless they're looking back, you know, they're, they're the labels and stuff. They're not, they're not grooming and letting artists be artists and uh, put and supporting them. And I mean, it's all about making money and, and, you know, and there's so much, there's so much exposure. There's so many bands out there now that, that, uh, you know, you used to have the radio stations. That was it. Now you got a zillion YouTube channels and shit like that. How are you going to find, I mean, the Beatles or John Lennon wouldn't, wouldn't be able to be found like a needle in a haystack nowadays, you know, with, with, with all that shit. And, and, um, it's just, there was a lot more, you know, it's the same thing with everything else going in the world, you know, internet's replaced everything, everybody, you know, all everybody's jobs. And when's the last time you, you called somewhere needed to do something or talk to somebody and, and you get a, and you actually get a person. I know. I I know. Yeah. Yeah. I was just having that conversation with someone a couple weeks ago. I was trying to contact customer service for a company and I couldn't find the customer service number. And then they had a customer service like chat line on the computer. And I'm like, is it called, is it really customer service when you can't talk to somebody? (laughs) It's like, you know, it's not customer service either. It's a computer picking up keywords right? and, you know, giving this thing and that thing. And like, uh, I mean, artists nowadays, uh, actual visual artists, they're not drawing or anything anymore. There's apps, uh, Photoshop and all these other illustrating apps and stuff where, where, uh, it's a, it's more of a, it's not of where a guy sits down with a, with a blank canvas and, um, you know, uh, with a paintbrush or a pencil or something and creates something out of thin air. Now it's, uh, you know, they're still creating, but it's just not the same. Things aren't as, as organic and, uh, and special as they used to be. There's too much of it. Uh, there's too little, just from my point of view, there's too much of it and too little, uh, real influences from, from the great, the greats. And if you want to get an influence, you want to learn stuff and you want to be well influenced, you got to look back, back to those, those days, you know, cause a lot of rock and roll is, I mean, if you can find it anywhere, it's very, all very similar, you know, occasionally you get a band that, that steps up like, uh, what were those guys that sound like Les Zeppelin a little bit? Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. Those guys, you know, you'll find somebody that'll tap back into the old stuff. 
and all and all of a sudden they're like these great new artists. They're this this original thing, but they're not. You know, they're clone something back then, but it didn't seem like they really. Uh, it, you know, you got to take it and make it your own more than that. You know, you got it's just the evolving and uh, and, and helping evolve the musical, the art and the craft. Yeah, helping that evolve and giving giving the next generation something to evolve from. You know what I mean? And um, you know, all the arts are suffering. Everything's suffering. The the world's dying. Uh, you know, it all is what it is. And I'm just glad to still be a part of, of uh, trying to make the world a better place. Yeah, I do think, you know, I, I'm going to text you some rock bands for you to listen to because I think there's some some really good stuff out there. But you're right. it It is hard to find because there's so much stuff out there. There's so many different YouTube pages. There's so many... You know, it's so hard to find because there's no rock radio either. It's classic rock and classic rock. They play the same 50 songs every day. That's it. And, exactly. You know, there's no new rock stations that play new music, either from legacy artists like yourself or new artists, new bands that are emerging. And it's, you know, and you talk about pop music. You know, you've got 30 different producers on one song. You've got 12 different writers on one song. Everything is computerized. Everything's put into you know, a program to make it sound really clean and really artificial. Right. And Copy and paste this down there. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, you don't have to only do the verse and the chorus once. And they sound like that. There's nobody's like taking it and, and really ripping it. And, and you got like Lady Gaga and, uh, you know, uh, Pink and artists like that, that are, that are tremendous artists. And they are actually, you know, something that's reinvented things like that. But, um, yeah, well, tell me though. I don't. I don't listen to a lot of music because I'm usually busy working on my own. And when I'm not, I'm trying to decompress and you know watching watching my old comfort shows and stuff like that. Which is which is what I like to do. I don't own any CDs at all. I don't even have any of mine. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, what I'm trying to say I'm I'm, I'm uh, struggling here with uh, with what I've got left of my mind. So if I wander off and babble. I'll at least have filled the time, you know what I mean? But but the DJs were important. You guys were really important. There aren't any more unless, unless it's a podcast or your own your own thing and stuff like that. You know, there's all the big stations on the on the on the radio, uh the, there's no DJs, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no DJ turning anybody on to, Hey, I heard this. You know, you, that's the key to a, a good DJ is he could hear good stuff and pick it out and he'd turn everybody on to it, you know what I mean? And and they, they would, you know, they would catch on. And, and the next thing you know, you've got, you know, but the DJs aren't doing that anymore. They're just uh, announcing what song it is and, and talk shit and talking shit. And, and um, you know, just playing this program director, just playing everything. And it's the same thing all the way across the board. Well, you know, one of the things, too, about radio is back in the day, they would play the B songs. You know, they would, yeah, they would they would flip right. the single over. I mean, one of the greatest stories of all time is Detroit Rock City by Kiss. They flipped it over and played Beth, and Beth was a bigger hit. Well, the B sides a lot of times are uh, are stronger. The A side is 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 you know after a band is developed or, or uh, is uh, has you know arrived, it's it's about now let's target with that single. You know what I mean and. And unless you got a band like Queen or Led Zeppelin or something, those guys would, would you know, go test the boundaries and go past them. But I just think that, uh, you know, you're right. You know, I mean, sometimes those 
those B songs are, are cool, stronger, yeah. you know, stronger than the, yeah. than the actual single. Yeah. The labels and the DJs and stuff were, were supporting and pushing, um, the artists. I mean, their, their careers, they were helping them have careers and develop the careers and they believed in them and stuff. And, and so, uh, a lot of times, you know, the single is their obvious hit or whatever, but uh, you know, the good stuff is lies in between the cracks, you know? b-sides and, and they wouldn't put on a b-side if it wasn't uh at least uh you know up to their standards and you know like that there's a lot of b-sides like beatles b-sides were were hits you know i mean there was nothing to do about that but a lot of those a lot of the b-sides and a lot of the album cuts is what you really when people sit down and play play a record or something by by a great band you know the last thing they want to hear is the, is the single is the hit you know they want to hear all the other stuff and um that's what I always focused on growing up and listening to was, was, uh, the other stuff besides the single, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of great shit out there on, on side. All my favorite things is the B side to, uh, to the old version of party time. It just never released the, the actual vinyl record until now. Like, of course it's a giveaway, you know, for first come first serve, but those are gone. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Well, Donnie, it's been a it's been a great conversation as always. You know, the only thing I'm going to say is don't wait so long to come back on and uh, and talk again. I love I love talking to, to music, you know, with you. One of these days, maybe we'll just do a show on like the Beatles. That'd be great. I'll even grab an acoustic guitar and then I'll blast through a few. You know, I'll set things up a little better audio and yeah, I'll do that. I love doing stuff like that. You know, something that makes you know it should be fun. You know, the stuff is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Not, it's not all just a business. If if you if you get some success and stuff like that, that's a bonus. But if you're an artist, you're creating. You're you're creating your art and and uh, you know having fun with it and getting fulfillment. And um, so you know, yeah, you do that. You shoot me a shoot me. You got my number now. I can add your. I think I have your. It came up as your name. I can. Just shoot me your thing so I got it. I can add you as a contact, and then you can reach out to me anytime you want to do something or or uh, need something from me, and and vice versa. And um, you know, we'll have fun. Absolutely, man. I look forward to it. Well, hey, man, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Man, thank you so much for thinking of me and uh, and helping me out here. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Anytime. Everybody, thank you. Sir. That's Donnie V. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll chat soon. Take care of each other. Thanks. What's all the fuss about? If the flowers grow, will I feel all right?
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 